This short code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at MedEdMedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcode.com. I think I do relax, like playing music and um, writing and stuff. I just feel like in med school, it's taken the backseat a lot of times. I I don't know how I feel about needing or feeling like one needs to... uh, uh, sell their bodily fluids for. Oh, um, I have very <laughs> conflicted feelings about it. I feel like this is medical school too. I feel like I find myself not making time for like family and friends and skipping dinners and missing out on a large part of my life. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. With me today in the SCP studio, it's M4 Ananya Munjal. Hi. We've got M4 Madeline Cusimano. Hello. M3 Nathan Spitz is back. What's crackalacking? For the first time in a long while, it's M4 Mason LaMarche. Hello, hello. Mason, what have you been keeping yourself busy with since I last saw you in June of 2021? Yeah, so I started our pathology externship at the University of Iowa. It's a year-out program, so it adds a year to your education. And you get to spend time the whole year in the Department of Pathology. You train under the same guidelines as the residents do. So we're uh, governed by ACGME guidelines. So we get a lot of autonomy and oh. ability to build skills practicing to be a resident pathologist. So yeah, it's a great program. I'm going to be ending up done in July. So um, highly recommend it to people who end up coming here. I'm not even doing pathology. And I think it was well worth it. Oh, really? Why? Okay, so... Why was it worth it, even though you're not going into pathology? Yeah, I, I thought I was going to do pathology like all through uh, core year and um, kind of late got caught by interventional radiology and really liked it. Oh. But I committed to the path externship at that time because I wasn't ready to pick a specialty that I wouldn't have been able to spend much time in. Like we just don't get that much exposure um, mm. during the core year. So I thought it'd be a great way to like make sure it's cool for me and it's a great experience. You get a little bit of money, which is always nice. Mm hmm. So with then going into it thinking, well, I'm going to do radiology, it's something where in radiology, we send a lot of biopsies to pathology. And there's something nice about knowing what's happening on the other end of that and what can you do to make your pathologist's life easier and give them better diagnoses. Um, Imagine that. I think, making your colleagues' lives lives easier. Cool. I know it's it's a, it's a thing that we should think of cool, doing. Yeah, you know, you know, people who are interested in surgery doing it kind of for the same reason. Like you send a lot of samples of pathology. It's nice to have an appreciation for their work. Nice. It can be, you know, unfortunate for patients. What's the most like interesting thing that you've seen on like the other end? Yeah, it's right. It's kind of the the bad thing about pathology. We say like something's interesting or really cool, but we don't mean like, wow, that's great for this person. There was an adrenal cortical uh, carcinoma that just has these very big nuclei that just looked so absurd and large and kind of started forming shapes like one looked like an outline of the USA and it was just like wow this is really artistic and beautiful and also and that's not how that's supposed to look <laughs> that's yeah. not how it's supposed to look you it's should not to have look the like United a nice States. little circle not, yeah. not like that yeah it should not be big and ugly um so that's very striking we ended up everyone working on the case ended up getting an additional slide of it kind of as a once in a lifetime case so I have that like hanging in my office at home wow. which is nice oh sweet that <laughs> kind of it's kind of sweet it's kind of sweet that i have a body part hanging in my room but Thanks like for the memes. it's yeah. a little body it's just yeah. a little one. it's a little bit yeah, yeah. do you follow i heart histo 
I do, of course. Of course. When we have a celebrity amongst us, we have to. Yeah, Nathan, is it Nathan Swales? Yes, yes. Dr. Dr. Swales is our our resident histologist, and he he has an Instagram, iHeartHisto. And I guess basically the whole idea is to basically, what's that, what's the word when you can see faces and things? There's a word. Is it like anom? Anom? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah anthropomorphizing but that's more the linguist said it's a specific word that i'm never going to remember anyway he basically posts interesting slides of things that look like faces and and motorcycles and whatever sometimes like holiday themed too sure sure. valentine's day he posts a bunch of like hearts that he found in different slides or they're always themed. If yeah. you need to be quizzed on your histopathology, yeah. i.e. M1-M2s, he does like I quiz histo as well. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Where he'll post like yeah. kind of guess what's what's happening here. Nice. Well, I'm very happy to see you here, Mason. And I'd like to start off today's show by saying to our listeners the words that every top podcast should start their show with, which is I don't have anything particular to talk about today in this part of the show. I have no agenda, no topic, no purpose. No wisdom. Uh, Essentially, we are content-free. Of course, I agonized about this a little, and then I decided, you know what? I'm not beholden to the grind. (laughs) I'm neither puppet nor puppet master. I could take a break from meaning and purpose, can't I? I Amen. I really like it. What do you think of that? This is a vibe for you. Oh, thank you. Whimsical, almost. (laughs) Do you guys ever take a break from meaning and purpose? From your own life, as a medical as medical students, all the every every lunch, every dinner, (laughs) that Netflix app, yeah, opens on that phone. My like, you know, sense of self just dissolves. Match day hits. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I yeah I mean I th- I think everybody sort of pictures med students as being like nose to the grindstone all the time, which is not untrue. I mean, compared to uh, me, where I go home and turn off my brain, other people, other you know, med students are always working. But you know, I think it's important to take breaks from meaning and purpose. I agree. A freaking man. And what did you self-discover? What yeah. did you find in Taking, your break? I I found that in comparison to our last show, I was uh, much more relaxed. <laughs> when I was not struggling to to come up with something to say. So you know, immediate benefit. Good. Mm-hmm. I like it. What do you? What's what's your what's y'all's go-to activity when when you're avoiding meaning and purpose? Avoiding meaning. I think I take the easy road most times and like just pick a new show to binge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's like it's too it's deceptively easy to mm-hmm. just like open up and I and of course I have like every not like so I have a bigger family, so we have HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu. You all sharing Amazon your passwords? Private, is that what you're trying to say? They're trying to crack down on I that. Know, they're you're trying screwed. to crack they down are. on that. Um yeah. I will fight it. My Apple TV expire, you know, like the free year mm-hmm. is up in less than a month. So did you I watch Ted like Lasso before? Slamming it's up? hard. Yes, I did. Seasons one and two. Well done. I just what did I just wrap up? Honestly, uh, Ted Lasso should pay me for the amount of marketing that I do for that show. Promote yeah. it. I will promote it to the ends of the earth. Um, I'm watching C right now with Jason Momoa, mm. and it's actually it's really Ugh, good. Jason Momoa, anything. Right, Jason I, know. I didn't find out that he was from Iowa until like he's two weeks from ago. Iowa. He's I a found out hero. a minute ago, yeah. second yeah, ago. He's wow. a hometown hero. Jason Momoa. Yeah, because it was Men like don't look like well, that. He, I guess he, he like he li- I, we should say he lived um, in. Oh, Iowa. Okay. He lived in Iowa. No, no, no. Except not, for Dave. For 
whatever reason, like after the Oscars, he like flew to Iowa and it was like a slow news day because wow. the Des Moines Register was like, Jason Momoa visits um, Came to visit Tasty Tacos. Grandma yeah. or somebody. Yeah, he was oh like, my gosh. And it was just like sightings of Jason Momoa all over Des Moines. <laughs> this is like Ashley Kutcher went to like my high school. So like whenever mm. he like went to like an Iowa State game with Mila Kunis and I remember everyone was about Okay. Because people are shocked that people come from Iowa. No. Yeah. Yeah. Ashley Kutcher yeah. was recruited at the airliner for a modeling agency. Uh, was he in, he was in Fiji? Or Fike. Oh my God, Fike was he? he was in one. And anyway, but like, st- like no offense to Ashton, but like Jason Momoa, like Ashton Kutcher, I can believe he's from Iowa. He like is Iowa <laughs> well, hot, he, you know? He wears Iowa stuff, a yeah. Lot too. Like he wears yeah. his American Needs Farmers hat mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, that's uh, we believable. need to be careful when we say he's from Iowa. We should say right. he lived, lived in, in Iowa. Iowa in some of his like, formative, yeah. formative yeah, We don't years, claim him, yeah, correct, correct. right. You're I right. also totally hijacked that. How else do you all yeah. uh, <laughs> relax? I oh, I just look up celebrities who are from Iowa yeah. and then freak out. I think yeah. about how much Jason Momoa looks like Dave. Just yeah, <laughs> constantly. I see it. Yeah, Cal, see Cal, it. Cal Davo, Cal Drogo. Yes. Yeah. I will say you do have the same like very like laid back, quiet, confident energy. Well, uh, well okay. Yeah. You just grew the hair out. That's if, yeah. yeah. Honestly, Who knows? Who knows what would happen if I drew the hair out? I, I smell Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wait. Okay. So we have just oh, yes. successfully avoided this question no, for the third well, time. None is, of us want to answer. This is because this is how medical students like we this cope. We just not, avoid yeah, the question of our personal lives. So pass it on. I just am struggling. Okay. So avoiding meaning. I feel like I would have a similar answer to Nathan because I really enjoy my hobbies and I'm like very pro like enjoying my hobbies outside of medicine which I also feel like has meaning so if I were to avoid meaning then I probably I probably like play on my phone like doom scroll all day yeah that's that's kind of my default which I feel like it's just not it's never good but sometimes it feels good to just be like you know what I'm not I don't even have the energy to like get out a puzzle which I love doing I'm just gonna be on my phone for a little bit and not feel guilty about it. Nathan, I think you travel sometimes. Right? I have. Yeah. And I think that kind of like to piggyback off what Madeline has talked about is like, I find a lot of meaning and purpose in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree with that. Then that doesn't count. Exactly. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Exactly. Right. So that's <laughs> I why I didn't, yeah, that's why I, I didn't mention it because I do yeah. find like meaning mm-hmm. and purpose and getting to like experience, you know, new cultures, new cuisines, mm-hmm. new sites, activities, etc. Well, okay. So maybe meaning and purpose isn't the right term. What it's mm, to unwind. Deriving your meaning and purpose from things other than there we go. Your studying career? medicine, I gotcha. your career. I gotcha. I like gotcha. It. Well, I have, yeah. I love hanging out with people. We love hosting people, playing sports, playing music. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my things. Mason, you haven't. You haven't had much to say on this. I don't have much to say, period, yeah. You, <laughs> That's not true. Mason is always, he always has meaning and purpose. Every act. Driven by it. Yeah, yeah 100%. No, yeah. I mean, I, I think I do relax, like playing music and um, writing and stuff. I just feel like in med school, it's taken the back seat a lot of times. During the pathology externship, I've had a lot more time for it. So that's been a nice thing this year. It's been way more relaxed. I feel yeah. like a person. That's awesome. 
Me, I, I think I've lost track of the question I'm answering. What do I like to do, just generally speaking? <laughs> what do you um, like to do that I isn't think, medicine and has no and has no economic value? There we go. Okay, travel has an economic value on me, but it's worth it. Yeah, I think travel is a good. I can resonate with that. I think I should time say like uh, maybe not has no economic value, but but you know sometimes the definition of value yeah, is like sure. is like oh if you're not making money or if yeah. you're not if you're not uh, contributing to society in some no I know I get it. Yeah. Case in point of like the med student, like we are like semantic, you know, like give yeah. us the semantics. Like give us we the will... exact question. <laughs> we'll give you the exact answer. I'm sorry yeah. I did not operationally no, it's, define it's my terms. Good. It's good. Yeah. I like travel's a good one. Food is a good one. I'm trying to get better at cooking. That's a new one. There's this like recent push, I guess, to make all of your hobbies like a side hustle. Too. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I am very anti that, but also I'm kind of lazy in that regard. So I don't know. People can do if they want, but you don't just because you really enjoy knitting doesn't mean you have to start an Etsy shop. Like Mm -hmm. if you want to, that's great. But I wouldn't I feel like that just makes completely. That just turns it into a job. I agree. It turns into a job. Jobs are. Yeah. I mean, they can be fun. I'm having fun right now, but why would I? I don't know. Here we yeah. go. Me getting on like semantics and but that is it a side hustle or is it a job, right? Because like right. if you're if you're going to be knitting anyway, like why not sell it if you're not going to like keep it or donate it? Not that I'm like pro like everything you do needs to be. I think you have to go monetize. I think you have to go into if you're gonna do that, you have to go into it with the right right like the you, right attitude. You like open. yeah, I'm not gonna make bank on this mm-hmm. hobby. I'm just doing it for kicks. Correct. Yeah, and so. Yeah, I'm not like against. Well, and also if people want to try to, you know, kill two birds with one stone, stone, like have this other thing and also, you know, sell it or whatever. But I just feel like as soon as you try to like sell the things that you create, then it's just it becomes like there's pressure. Whereas before you Mm. could like pick it up whenever you had time. And now it's just like, okay, well, now I really have to plan out my life. I think also it 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 costs a certain amount of money and time mm-hmm. to sell something that you make. And so then it's becoming, you know, something that you're like, okay, well, what's the bottom line here? You know, like mm-hmm. how much time and how much money, how much of my own money am I spending on this thing that's supposed to be fun? And then it, it could take over. Mm-hmm. I would have to ask her what she thought, but I did have a friend who's a year ahead of me. So she was a fourth year last year. And during interview season, she had just because it was virtual interviews, she had just a lot of free days. And so she started making earrings out of kind of like a clay-esque material. And I feel like the way she did it was really good because it was literally just an Instagram page that she was just selling to her friends and it was just story sales. So it's just like, mm-hmm. all right, if you do this, like, yes, she had to take the time to package and mail them. But there is no like overall structure of the business. And then she kind of stopped when she got started got to residency and okay. so mm-hmm. yeah yeah I'm pro that i'm pro mm-hmm. like if you're gonna do it anyway mm-hmm. like you might as well like, just throw it on your instagram it's like yeah. if you want to add like a hobby like running your like making a website to sell your stuff is even in and of itself a new skill and if you don't have an interest in doing that or it takes away from your hobby like it's hard mm-hmm. like my wife uh, she sells art and we like went through this whole process of making her a website and she ended up like learning a lot about that but at the end of the day like she just kind of wants to keep making art so it's it's tough because once you make it a, a side hustle, you have to start giving up your hobby time to make the business side of it work. I which agree. Is- yeah, I I do bar three, which is like a 
group workout class and I they're like looking for instructors and she like asked the like owner asked me if I wanted to like train to be an instructor and I like really thought about it but then I was kind of wondering like if because right now it's like the hour of my day where I don't have to like think and I can just I guess that I would that would be an answer to the question of what you do to like for yourself you know whatever we were trying to answer before and I thought about like doing this instructor thing because I was kind of feeling like that like oh I'm like doing it anyway I could just like teach instead of you know being in the class and then I was like, I don't know. I don't know if it's like worth giving up that one hour of like mindless. I assume you, you have know. to prepare for class. You do. You know, you there's to, work yeah. that you have oh, to do outside yeah. of. You have to make the playlist and the whole, like this many minutes of cardio, this many minutes of strength and whatever. So that would yeah. immediately. I, I did try to, I went on Fiverr for a little while. Yeah. Selling my voice as a voiceover oh, artist. Not, did anybody hire you? Yeah. Uh, a couple people. And then, and then I got hit with an annoying client. Hmm who just would not approve the work that I had done. And, and hmm. you know, on Fiverr, the power is all in the hands of the purchaser and the producer yeah. has none. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, that was fun until that happened. And now I'm not yeah. going to do that anymore because huh. that is annoying. What was it for? Like what kind of project? I can't remember. It was years oh, okay, ago. Okay. It was like a... Were you signed to NDA? No, no, no. (laughs) It was some sort of like, you know, I'd basically just read their copy for for an ad of some sort. (gasps) Audiobooks. Oh, my God, Dave. You could do had. I almost had a sweet audiobook gig. And then the guy's publisher was like, no, you're going to do it. Ugh. Ugh. Lame. No, dude. He was like, I don't want to do it, but okay. Uh, I can just hear your voice like reading me. Me too. You know, like a good night moon type of. Or yeah, like you should movie. contact Goodnight Moon. Yeah. <laughs> Were you looking for a movie? <laughs> I can hear like a movie. I can really hear you like doing like a in a world type. In a world. Yeah, see, I knew mm-hmm. it. I knew it. Yeah. Put me to sleep. Speaking of like Fiverr, TaskRabbit, things like that, Madeline or Mason, have you noticed like your classmates now that we, you know, y'all had like fewer electives, virtual interviews? Do you know of other people who picked up like spare type of jobs? Like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. There's one girl in my class who she went to undergrad here and she served at a restaurant. And one year she actually served every Sunday night. And I was just always so baffled. And she's like, I honestly love it. Like she loves the job, the like hospitality part of it. And it's just a really it's it's just a good work environment, too. I mean, I feel like if you're at the wrong restaurant, that would absolutely not be worth it. And then when things got really stressful, she quit for like two and a half years and then fourth year, she serves like two or three times a week. And oh, I bet kidding. she's making bank. Wow. Like, as yeah. a, you know, and it's just, it's nice because she already had that job. She didn't have to train to be a server. She didn't have to get used to like a new restaurant. She, she said it's almost all new employees, but some of the yeah. management's the same and the restaurant's the same. So hmm. we had a, Nathan and I have a friend who worked at, she worked at like a coffee, like mm-hmm. same thing. She did like a shift. Every weekend, she just like worked a shift at this coffee shop, and she did that for a couple of years. Yeah, and you can't work in med school. We had a show about this. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can you do it. You definitely can. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like it's kind of like for, I started I, donating plasma. Oh. Yeah, for I don't know. For like I don't know if it's like that for your friend, but like for our, friend, I feel like she felt like it was like not really like work. I feel like it was like a relaxation moment for her, mm-hmm. or like something that was like kind of almost done to unwind. I don't know how I feel about. I'm not judging you, but I I don't know how I feel about needing or feeling like one needs to uh, uh, sell their bodily fluids for. Oh, um, I have very conflicted feelings about it. (laughs) It just seems like it just seems like hard to reconcile with. uh, Looked up the cost of a U-Haul truck and then looked at the advertisements for new donors, and it was like 
okay, I'll do this. Yo, this is a plug. <laughs> if you have these in your areas, they often will run like specials for people who sign up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think in like the first four donations, like at least here in Iowa City, you can get up to like two hundred and like or two hundred fifty dollars just through like four so donations. Right wow. now in Iowa City, it was. $150 for the first, $125 for the second and third, oh, and then $150 for the fourth. Oh my Sign God. up. Seriously. No, and like if even if you're in medical school or something, I think that's great. Is like obviously you like can't be doing flashcards or watching lectures or things like that, like while you're doing the intake process. But once you're like set up and they are like withdrawing mm-hmm. your plasma, like your time is your time. How long does it take? Like it depends. So the initial visits, there's usually like an hour or two of mm-hmm. like you know they'll do like a physical exam history type of things like that like once you're established and then once you're like an established person with these donating sites i would say it takes maybe like 45 minutes to an hour to like get in so they'll like check you in you do all the questionnaires they'll check your like iron hemoglobin that type of stuff check your weight there's a lot of at least at the iowa city one there's a lot of waiting time which Mm kind of stinks but that's when i could actually get more done Mm -hmm. on my laptop and like writing and stuff because i get distracted because you have to pump your arm when you're donating so i i would rather just listen to a podcast rather than having to like do flashcards and stuff and pump my arm Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. but yeah it I haven't figured out the best times to go that there's not a lot of wait time, but I, the spot by the, the wall chart or the outlet is always open. So I always just get that, plug my computer in. <laughs> I'd say like hour and a half yeah. to two hours, mate. Like once you're an established yeah. person, like start to finish, like you pull into the parking lot to the time you leave. And I must be really hydrated. Well, and I'd probably donate a lower amount because of my size, but I can get off the machine in 29 minutes. Oh, one of the most like embarrassing. I get it was honestly really embarrassing. So they like talked to you about how I felt embarrassed. They talked to you about how you have to like try and like eat, you know, like low fat type of things before you mm-hmm. go in based on like how they separate your plasma from the blood, et cetera. <laughs> so they're like, this is a milkshake. <laughs> right. <laughs> what right. I just. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, OK, like I and I was living in the residence halls at the time. And I, you know, a little back, I had to like sell plasma because I had gotten a drinking ticket and I had to pay for it all. And I ran out of money because it was the end of the semester. And I was like, oh, you know, what am I going to do to like have enough money to make it through? And right, like lo and behold, they have these like plasma anyway. So I'm like in the residence halls and I'm like, oh, yeah, like I'll have like a nice breakfast of like fruit and eggs and like what. And like that was like it. And I go in and they were training a phlebotomist and they like pull out my like plasma or whatever as it's been separated and they're like see this is what it looks like <laughs> when there's like tons of like fat in there oh is it the oh eggs God. i don't it must have been the, egg. oh it must have been see, the eggs I, but. so i um ate a hard-boiled egg and like something else for breakfast or whatever and then i get to the place and it was like a list of foods that aren't good and eggs were on there and i was and my plasma was fine that day because it was just like one hard-boiled egg i think was fine I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that eggs do have a lot of fat. Oh my god, in them. yeah. Don't Even if they're out. healthy fat, but yeah, shaming you. I see, was shamed. Yeah, it was fat. It's yeah, like. it, was, it was fat shaming. Oh my gosh. No, I mean like yeah. in the plasma, but mm-hmm. but literally, yeah, yeah. Literally yeah I mean, shaming. I I think that there are really interesting ethics conversations about this whole process, and I've I've had them, but at the end of the day, I'm like, it is. They are using it for research. It is going to the ethics of like, should you being paid? Like, is it a forcing people in a lower SES status to kind of sell their body. That's kind of the main clientele. You know, there's a lot of issues. You're not allowed to sell your organs for that. Yeah, exactly. 
So it's a very interesting conversation. And it's honestly not legal in like most countries. Oh. Well, we got to get I mean, compensated. This is, this is America. We got to we've got to turn you and you, every part of you Andy. from tip to tail. Everything, yeah. <laughs> every part of your body is a commodity. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason it's in the college town. There's a reason that like mm-hmm. the way they do advertising, like in dorms, stuff like it's very targeted. But I mean, at the same time, I feel like it's the also same as are... like sex work or like people who are on OnlyFans. Like it's mm-hmm. it's that's like kind of the same populations. And it's all kind of, you know, yeah. selling your body in every way. It, I, but also like these are things that are needed. So yeah, yeah. It's not and I like, feel right. like it is yeah, less. Right. I guess yeah. if everybody was lining up to give their plasma, you know, mm-hmm. it right, would, it would not be something yeah. that they would happen. And I feel yeah. like it's less risk than um, blood donation. Not like that blood donation is risky, but as far as just like you get your red cells back, so you're really just kind of losing water mm. when you donate. So it's if you are taking care of your body and trying to stay hydrated and eat well. I don't mm-hmm. think that it probably has a physical toll on most people, mm-hmm. which is nice too. Yeah. And like, I mean, uh, we were talking about other countries, I guess like the model of like blood and plasma donation, like in India, for example, is like, if you have like a loved one in the hot, this is insane. If you, to me, it's insane. If you have like a loved one in the hospital and like they, for some reason, like need like a blood transfusion for some reason, they can like only get that blood transfusion for like an equal amount of donated blood so like they don't have like donors like we do for like blood for example and so like if like i am like ab or like if my relative is like ab positive or whatever they'll be like okay we will give your loved one ab positive if you can like also get us like an equal amount of like o blood whatever blood you can like get your hands on essentially and so you don't necessarily have to be a match but no someone basically has to give for yeah exactly and so like when like my grandpa was in the hospital they like were like okay we're giving him like this much blood and so like my like family members were like okay i guess we're all like they all just are like going in and like giving blood for like equal it's insane but like yeah point being there's like no clear good model and i guess that that's just like the system that i know of i'm sure there's other systems in india and in other countries but yeah i don't know i guess like what i'm saying is like them paying you i guess to me is a better alternative than just like finding people like last mm-hmm. minute to like come give blood in a hospital and with blood banking so part of the pathex trip we get to spend elected time and i spent one month with blood banking and you become surprised at how much of it is kind of commercial like when our patients here need blood products because they can't have general inventory platelets they need specific platelets like we buy that the hospital buys it so there's a, a commodity exchange for plasma platelets red blood cells and we're kind of strange here that we still have our own blood bank that's not a place at a lot of hospitals so we get like something of 30 percent of our red blood cells from donors here but the rest is coming through purchase huh. from local Th- blood providers so if you're elsewhere 100 so does that mean like the hospital kind of that helps saves the hospital money because it's directly from our community yeah to an extent we also have to be careful of it costs money to run that so i think yeah. for us it works out net positive but for many places it, it wouldn't, wouldn't. I guess I don't have like blood bank experience, but like the like men who has sex with men, like why mm. the like the arbitrary like, oh, it's been like three months since you've had sex. Like now you're good to go. Yeah. Like if there were that was if there was a... if you were to have contracted HIV, like it's not going to disappear. Exactly. It's insane. In well, and what's wild is that still a thing. I was under the impression that that had. Uh, well, they're work. I think they're working, working towards out, it, yeah. but I feel like they've been working I just on it for read at least a decade at this point. There are more hetero heterosexual, either men or women or both, that have HIV than men who have sex with men in the U.S. Recent, that recently, was, that, right? that was the U.K. So the data you're talking okay. about was like yeah. in the U.K. But oh, it was yeah, UK. it was like for the yeah. first year, more like new diagnoses of, of HIV, HIV were in heterosexual people as opposed to. 
Yeah, LGBTQ so that just makes the whole blood thing even more crazy. Also, like, like if, who's yeah. high risk? Exactly. Like, yeah. Is exactly. it a straight person who has you know sex every other yeah. night with a new partner, or like yeah. somebody in like a monogamous relationship who hasn't had a new partner? Well, and I would also assume that I mean the only people that I know that take prep are men who have sex with men. Exactly. So, so they would be lower risk, honestly. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Did you have any like experience yeah. or exposure, Mason, in like the blood bank and? So things like that are changing. The thing that's difficult is you are working both with accrediting bodies and regulatory bodies. So once something's there, it's tough to change. And that can be for the negative. And they tend to be very conservative. We'd rather lose out on donors than we introduce one potential bad outcome to our donor pool. Even if that means we use these discriminatory practices that are probably low yield. But yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. All of our transfusion med docs spend so much time thinking about these issues. And Mm -hmm. four weeks, I felt overwhelmed with it. But all I got from the donor criteria is like, it's a lot. And like double check all these criteria because it's a never event. You never want to introduce something bad to your blood supply. Somebody on the show a long time ago suggested that we we have a we do a show from the DeGowan Blood Center, mm. like as we donate oh my a mobile, gosh. A mobile. We're like passing out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't follow up on it, not because I didn't want to, but I, but because I couldn't imagine how Well, not, I would it actually doesn't that. take that long to donate blood mm. either, right? No, like it takes like 15 minutes. Yeah. Mm. So if you're doing the whole, I was a uh, double red type of guy in yeah, high that's, school. Mm-hmm. What's that mean? So they all like spin out. Oh, oh my God. I don't honestly don't even remember. It was like, so in whole blood, you take blood cells and plasma. Mm -hmm. And then in like what they called like a double red draw, they would like take out your blood and plasma, like spin out the red blood cells and then give you your plasma back. Oh, basically they're taking extra red blood cells (laughs) from you because you're of like well enough, like a, large enough body habitus you have a good history of donation like you don't pass out right, I see. there's some criteria like my mom gives double reds because she just she like is a o negative and b she just like has never passed out doesn't get queasy like always handles it really well so she always gives double reds Oh, but when they like introduce the plasma like that like chill sensation Ooh, mm-hmm. as it like goes like back into your arm Ooh, like heebie-jeebies i had plasmapheresis and it was a weird feeling but i don't know why it was a weird feeling so they they take plasma that you would have and then give you replacement or instead of replacement plasma they can use like replacement albumin to replace that volume i feel like it was albumin it's Mm. most commonly so the things that change is like you can warm it a little bit but it's going to be cold there so it's going to be that sensation and also part of it is there's a lot of ionized calcium in there so you can get like tingles um, mm-hmm. in your fingers and mouth so that's one thing you always watch with people getting that procedure done but yeah the whole idea of replacing all the bad things in your plasma most commonly antibodies that are targeting your own cells right and then just kind of restoring it back to baseline when you do it too the one thing i love about it is you do this and then you wait a day before you do the second procedure or the next in whatever your series is because you're essentially allowing the antibodies to diffuse out of your tissue back into this now albumin plasma you oh, have. Okay, yeah. And then you do it again. I think that's kind of a cool uh, basic biology chemistry that's, concept. That was a really big tangent. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> that was good. Again, how did we get here? I don't know how again, we got here. Again, we're content-free today. Ta-
Listeners, if you ask us a question, it means that I don't have to make something up to talk about on the show. And the show becomes what you want it to be. So send your questions to the shortcoats at gmail.com or leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. Today's show is sponsored by us, the Shortcode Podcast, because we are in the midst of our spring 2022 listener drive. We want to bring our message to new people, to encourage them during their medical school journey while acknowledging and talking about the triumphs and trials in that journey. To that end, I hope you'll share the show with your friends and colleagues. And as a small token of my thanks, I will send you one of those acrylic pins that I made for you, uh, Shortcoats. And there are three ways that you can get yours. Two of them are absolutely free just for sharing, or you can buy one for six bucks. I don't want to clog up the show with more words about this, though. So um, head over to theshortcoat.com slash pin to find out how to get yours. I'm so grateful uh, for you out there listening, Shortcoats, and for your support of the show. Thank you very much. Last week, I read on a piece on Medscape from back in November called Necessary Interruptions, When to Let Life Get in the Way by Jennifer Frank, MD. She relates the story of a school shooter scare at her daughter's Mm -hmm. school during which she was completely unaware and didn't see the text from the school or wasn't able to comfort her daughters, one of whom actually sent an I love you text from under her desk. Um, She didn't see it until much later, all because Dr. Frank was focused on delivering her best for her patients. She says she tries to be fully present with her patients, concentrating only on them while she's in the clinic, but that this feels now a bit off target as she contemplates what her daughter went through while she was uh, incommunicado. The, the challenge she now sees is thinking of work-life balance not as a complete disconnection while concentrating on one or the other. She's, so she's trying to think about how this false dichotomy doesn't really, honor, quote, honor the multifaceted nature of our lives, unquote, where important events happen unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering what you guys think of this problem, how you will manage your work while also acknowledging that you have a life outside of work. So at the same time, we often talk about work-life work life balance. And I do think we often talk about it as like, when I'm at work, I'm at work. When I'm at home, I'm at home. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the balance. Yeah. But this is a little bit more nuanced than that. So this came up just in the residency search and vetting process. One of the schools that I really liked, they're you know, they had a whole wellness section on their website. And, you know, I always kind of recoil a little bit at the word wellness. So I was very curious to see what they had to say. But it definitely felt like their policies that they set in place were more walk the walk rather than just talk the talk. So one of their policies was basically if you have something like an appointment, whether it's a car appointment, a vet appointment, a medical appointment, like something that's going to take around you know, an hour plus or minus, um, don't, don't request off for that. Like just use your best judgment in like letting your team know like, Hey, I'm going to step away for an hour and come back and just kind of flexibly find coverage, you know? And so there are going to be times where you're, you know, you might be like, this is totally going to, you know, inconvenience my team. So maybe you wouldn't choose that. But for the most part, it was just expected that like, we know that life happens yeah. and we don't want to force you to use your PTO because sometimes you can't even schedule those things as much in advance that you would need to put PTO. So I really felt like that was a good example of work-life balance because it allowed you to kind of do your job and very, you know, other resident. like if I had a resident say like, 
covering the floor and they're like, hey, I need to step away to this doctor's appointment. I'll be back in an hour. And she's like, yeah, I will. I will take your pager for that hour. You know, um, not a big deal. I like that because it sort of sets up an expectation for everybody mm-hmm. that <clears throat> this is an appropriate use of everybody's time. Mm-hmm. I think too, it gets at a point that like the healthcare system shouldn't be, at least speaking from like the resident perspective, like the healthcare system, I feel like shouldn't be so totally reliant that like the system would crumble Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. like a resident was sick or, Mm -hmm. you know, and like now there's a lot of conversations. I feel like I'm starting to become more privy to on like jeopardy systems or people Mm -hmm. who like, okay, so if somebody's like sick, who's going to cover this? Do we need another resident? Can the attendings who are like, why well do they practiced. call it jeopardies? So it like a jeopardy system is like so you can like not be on call, but if somebody like calls out, even mm-hmm. though you're not on call, you can be called in. So you're in jeopardy of being called. I see. And so in advance, I feel like they yeah. could. I feel like they need it's a little like marketing call. around that. But okay, <laughs> yeah. right. there's like a system like in place in advance. So like when you, but it's it yeah, and it's like important. But then it also kind of sucks for somebody that like has maybe one weekend off and like technically they're off in quotes but they're like actually mm-hmm. on jeopardy so like you know i mean it's happened to like yeah i have some experience my, with this yeah no i'm sure yeah. yeah yeah so it's happened to like my fiance where like technically like we were supposed to go somewhere or like we we're supposed to be in chicago for something but then like someone especially with covid like calls in sick so then like you know your whole weekend is then different than you yeah. thought but. yeah and i know some like internal medicine i remember like or maybe it was surgery i don't really know but like they were covering a certain unit of the hospital, but that unit is just known to just not be as busy. And so that unit could easily go from three residents to two if things got really busy on this other unit or whatever. So they would be in jeopardy of being pulled over to help cover that. I don't know. It works different in every specialty, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think this like, I-, I would argue like all of these things that we're like talking about kind of start like way earlier than residency or like, the you know being a physician and you know with the md title and everything because i feel like it really like lends itself well to you can really allow medicine to like be your whole entire life and nothing else and i think and i I, this is the only career that i'm in so i don't know much about other careers but i find it hard to believe there's any other or there's few other situations where like somebody is feeling like like the situation that you described with this like physician who like had her daughter was like in a school shooter situation i feel like most careers nowadays especially like today I feel like so many most of my friends are working from home that are not in medicine Mm -hmm. and I find it so hard to believe that there'd be any other career in which you like don't can't even look at your phone you know for so long and it's and it's so common in medicine that like you're missing you know you're like so many of my attendings like oh yeah today's my kids like this recital or this game or and I don't know I think the longer that I'm like in medical school and I feel like this is medical school too like I feel like I find myself like not making time for like family and friends and like skipping dinners and like like missing out on like a large part of my life and I think you can do you can really allow yourself to do that pretty easily because it's kind of the norm and it's accepted and it's celebrated so I think you kind of have to or I feel like I have to like make an effort to like not miss out on these things that are like super important to me and like I find myself having to like force myself to be like another three hours of studying is not worth like missing this birthday dinner or this you know event I I feel like it's likely that nobody says to you when you're here, you will not have, you do not have family. You do not have a car that needs work. You do not have, you know, you are just a doctor and you're here only for your patients. Like, I doubt that anybody actually says that. 
And like the Carver policy, like car repairs are not an excusable like yeah. absence. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, again, like I think this is like such a cultural and I don't think if a system doesn't fall in apart, apart without a resident, it sure as heck does not fall apart if a medical student's not there. Like I just I think. I feel though that, I mean, maybe I'm wrong and you guys have been through it and I haven't. But my guess is that the reason that policy exists is because if you're not here, you're missing out on something or. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you're working an 80 hour week, I find it hard to, I think that's the thought process for sure. But like, I don't know. I'm thinking on weeks on surgery when I was on like 80 plus hours, like one of the weeks for sure. And I'm like, would it really have made a difference if I wasn't here for two of those hours? I don't know if it would have. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Correct. I just, I think like the, and like we had, like we know that doctors get burnt out. We know everyone in healthcare gets burnt out. Like after my core year, I was like immensely burnt out. And I don't blame Carver, but I do blame a larger, a larger medical community for making it so difficult to like survive and like thrive and like feel well in whatever that word means. And like the answer to that is not like a million wellness committees that like are you know telling us to like take a walk or like do yoga. I think the answer to that is just like a little bit more like grace and flexibility especially mm-hmm. for trainees who are like just starting off i think being treated like adults yeah 100%. is always helpful and i do think that there are a lot of things that carver does good in that sense yeah. this reminds me of on the surgery rotation we had an ethics discussion and i don't know if you guys had the same ethics discussion like you were an expert in this specific type of surgery or whatever and it was your patient that like had a complication from a surgery that you did or something like that. I don't remember the exact situation, but you, your daughter's like graduation, high school graduation. And it was like, you were definitely going to go. You had the day off. You were not on call, but you get a call from like the ED that says like your patient came back with a complication. They need to go back to surgery. Like, would you miss your daughter's high school graduation oh man that's a tough one to to go to this surgery and it was implied that the graduation was like important to the daughter and to you because i think some people Mm -hmm. would be like man don't care about and almost our entire cohort said that we would and and there was a trusted there was a trusted colleague to do the surgery available i see and most of our cohort said we would go to the graduation and this was supposed to be like, there's no right answer kind of discussion, but we maybe you none, were like, yeah, none of right us answer. are going into <laughs> surgery, <laughs> but like we got so much pushback from like the residents and the attendings, like all of the residents and attendings like would have done the surgery. Interesting. I think that's, yeah, some of the like, not like this pre-sorting that students do already. Like I was in my head, like God complex was like floating through like my like upper you know whatever cortex Mm -hmm. of like we are indispensable in the system like to feel like you are the only person who can like complete Mm -hmm. the job and maybe maybe in this like super rare instance you are literally the only person who can perform the job but like there are always like other people and like what Ananya was saying like if we operate under this guise that we are Mm -hmm. you know the only people who can do this like it can consume you and your life and I think Oftentimes, at least what I saw in like the residents that I worked with, for example, on surgery, and I try not to yuck other people's yums, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was like this, like, I have to be here from like 3.45 in the morning until 8 p.m. or like, or something bad is going to happen. And like, I don't know like what that, like, Mm -hmm. or something bad is going to happen, but. I think, at first, I think it's 
maybe I'm just like so disillusioned. I think it's like super unfair to ask this question because here's a situation. This like will happen undoubtedly like something maybe not to this extent, depending mm-hmm. on what field you go into. Something like this will happen in our careers. And I think it's so unfair to like put this question in front of trainees and like basically tell we were asked something like this or I was asking like this and something. I don't know what. And like there is a right answer for them. And the right answer in like the institution is that like you should be here no matter what. And I think that is it's just yeah. it's unfair. It's not right. And I also think that like this like expectation of unquestioned selflessness is like so toxic. And I and mm-hmm. we like, sure, yes, of of course, we're here because we want to like help patients. Like, of course, like we're sitting here beca- and we're doing we're putting in this effort starting like I'm starting before M1, like starting in undergrad, like you're doing it to to be a person that helps people. But like you also have a duty to yourself. You also have a duty to like your daughter who's graduated, whatever. You have a duty to like other people in your life who mm-hmm. like and like if you're a parent, like I I mean, in my mind, like that is like an ultimate responsibility. And I of course I care about my patients, but this like situation to show that like, oh, you don't care enough if you're not gonna like give up mm-hmm. your daughter's graduation is just that really makes me mad that they like asked you that, that like they ask us that and like it makes me mad that there is like a hidden curriculum. And this was also answer. my second rotation too so I just feel like I did like maybe if it was I was in that situation if it like and this adds like well this could be wrong because it's biased like oh I particularly really love this patient like well why did you love that patient like why why did you feel like this patient was more deserving than maybe another patient that you had like I don't know it was a made-up situation so I don't know why it was just so pressurized this conversation and I just thought it was pretty black and white. Like I was not scheduled to work. I was not on call. You're there was a comp- another competent surgeon to do the surgery, and I had a prior commitment. Like I was sh- such a Gen Z attitude. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like oh, that got me activated, Dave. Yeah, I got me I'm technically too. like in the last year of being a millennial. Like I think if oh, okay, I was then born you're fine. one year later, I would be Gen Z. You could be a zillennial. I'm a zillennial. I love Gen Z. Dude, Gen Z actually, like, gives a you-know-what about, like, their mental health, and they're, like, out mm-hmm. here fighting for change. I, like, I'm borderline. I would love to claim Gen Z. Technically, I'm a millennial. Yeah, no, I feel I feel the same way, you know, because millennials get such, like, flack. Flack? For what? For eating avocado toast. Uh, like, literally, for what? buying houses. For, oh, like, I'm not so wanting to... For ruining the napkin market. Oh, my God. For not wanting to, like, work 80 hours a week and, like, actually caring about, you know, their life. For choosing... I don't know. I do feel like I have attributes of both, yeah. for sure. So, jumping back onto why that upset me so much is I feel like... I'm gonna in duck. Our, I didn't mean it. <laughs> in our profession, yes, you did. we know it. And not just doctors, but like nurses, therapists, like anyone who's in these human services where you could potentially be needed in an emergency, there feels like a way to extort labor by saying you have to be the one to do it. Yeah. And not like, well, what if we had a system where we had more well trained and fairly paid <gasps> nurses, PAs, no, doctors? That's not is that even oh. possible? Mason, I, I don't Mason? Know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, we're clearly well staffed and never have nursing shortages or anything of the like. So when they say like, oh, well, you know what? That would be solid if you just missed your daughter's graduation and came into this surgery. It's like, but but that's also why you have a big flux of doctors who can leave medicine, leaving medicine. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. this is this is yeah, this this is why I'm always amused slash enraged when people are like, I don't know what's going on with this labor shortage. <laughs> I mean, people just don't want to work anymore. And I'm like, oh, well, God. maybe that's because hey, yeah. you're treating Kim everybody Kardashian. like a crap. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to work anymore. 
bootstrap mentality is like it's it's very pervasive in medicine and it's that's like the whole reason for the burnout just to like summarize has anyone heard the bootstrap thing being totally messed up like it's actually impossible mm -hmm. to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. oh yeah 100 yeah. percent. yeah yeah that 100%. blew my mind i only knew that like two years oh, ago i was like so indoctrinated with analogy that. that's yeah. so funny yeah Shortcoats, if you're enjoying our conversation today, I'd be grateful if you'd let people know by posting a story on Instagram or Facebook or tweeting about us. And don't forget to tag us in your post. Yeah. Thank you. To like circle back though, I mean, I think as we kind of, I don't want to say like have been dumping on the surgical profession because I feel yeah. like there, yeah, yeah. there are like <clears throat> emergent like life or death scenarios, et yeah, cetera. Yeah. But yeah. like on the patient perspective also, like when you're talking about this physician who was like presumably in clinic, who had like these phone calls that they wanted to attend to. Like yeah. if I were on the table or if my family members were on the table, like I don't think I would prefer said like surgeon who was performing like a life altering procedure to like be getting, you know, updates on. I don't, I don't know. So like, I, so like, I don't think anybody you know, argues. Like, I don't think anybody would argue that if I am a surgeon in the middle of surgery, yeah, that I, and I received uh, a text from a family member about a school shooting. Like, I don't know. First, I don't know how I would continue. Yeah. So yeah. I think at that point it would be completely appropriate to be like, somebody has to take over this right now mm -hmm. um, because I have to go. But I also don't think that anybody's arguing that, you know, I'm checking my text just in case right. I get no, an course. email about yeah. grandma. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think you could probably set up some sort of technological workaround whereby, you know, you get your texts in chunks mm -hmm. or you get your emails in chunks instead well, of all the time. The iPhone and just then, added that in there. Yeah. I mean, update. like the focus. Oh, really? What do they call it? Fo focus. Yeah. Focus. Uh, you can batch your notifications now. So you can get like a batch of notifications at like 9 a.m., noon, 3 p.m. and 6 rather than like always getting ding 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 but that requires a certain amount of forethought and you yeah. have to kind of know that it's possible and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff and also if my daughter's in a school shooting and i get a bash notification she tried yeah. texting me at nine and now i get it at 12 i'd be mm -hmm. furious like mm -hmm. i would want that to be <laughs> well you yeah. can also set your phone to get to to accept messages yeah. from, from your favorites, favorites. Oh, yeah. wow so i mean and i just looked at my yeah. phone i have no See? clue what's going now on you're there. prepared for residency actually. yeah yeah so i think the other thing is uh, you know we talk about we need to s stop treating people like they're commodities, but also like still appreciate that we do have like limited reserves. Like I think of where you have a, a big issue in interventional radiology that's talked about is in hospital systems where maybe you only have three IR docs. So they're doing call every three days. Like that can be a lot on mm -hmm. someone and that hurts career longevity. So expecting a lot from people in call responsibilities and sacrificing their personal life, like, the healthcare system eats that on the other end. Mm -hmm. It's like you're you're going it's short term front thinking and, to be like we're yeah. going to use you now. We're going to use you up now and yeah. We, I don't know. I just like to think about these these things with you in advance and I don't know, maybe it will help somebody someday decide how they're going to prioritize their their lives before it becomes an issue before you get divorced how about that it can like also like shorten your lives too i mean i haven't seen any like updated studies but i remember there was a longitudinal one and i think it was like emergency medicine physicians and there was like a smaller cohort and there are like statistical flaws in the study but the emergency medicine physicians like had shorter lifespans on general and they like you know controlled for extraneous factors like pre-existing conditions and like whatever accidents things like that 
And like one of the hypotheses was like the like sleep wake cycle disruptions and like chronic stress yeah. that that like yeah. has. So like what Mason was talking about, like when you are just like continuously like on call and having sleep interrupted and all the like negative sequelae like from that, like this can not just like your mental health, but also like destroy your physical health and like literally kill you. Not to yeah. be dramatic. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. You got to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and you got to. You got to find your, you got to find your, your balance, which bring it back to the, the impetus for this discussion. This article doesn't necessarily mean completely on or off completely one or the other, but it's tricky to find that balance and and understand what that balance will be. So think about it ahead of time. And when finding your balance, advocate for systemic change mm-hmm. within your your institutions. For yeah. real. You know, sometimes you have to think fast when you're interacting with people in your professional lives. Dredging up that bit of relevant knowledge that will for sure make a difference in the discussion, whether you're discussing a patient or just trying to impress your attending. Madeline, does that sound, sound like something that would be an accurate statement? Yeah, I've definitely been in some high pressure situations where I felt like I had to give an answer within five seconds or so. I came up with a way we could practice that oh, today. What a, what, a, what a strange coincidence. I didn't even expect that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the game is five second rule. Okay. Medical version. Oof. So I'm going to have prompts. We'll, we'll take turns. Dave's going to set the timer. But I'm going to say the question. The timer will start when I stop reading the question. And you have five seconds to name. Most of the, most of the prompts are three items okay. within mm-hmm. five seconds. Okay. Yeah. Fun. Got it. Well done, Rowan. So. Let me go. Wait, are we, is, this, is there a hot seat? I'm stressed. Yeah. Okay. You're Mason. first, Mason. And I'm double stressed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Red. Okay, go ahead. Name three types of PPE. Uh, gloves, mask, and capper. Yeah. Nice. Totally got that in five seconds. Capper? Yeah, it's like a air ventilation thing you put overhead. They were really big for thing. COVID. Oh, oh, the Grey's okay. Anatomy ones. Oh, yeah. The Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. yeah, they use those so that they could be mic'd, I think. Oh, I thought they so we could like see their faces, yeah. But also By that, too. Yeah. Do the, 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 with LED lights inside. Okay, exactly. so you're, okay. you're next because this is relevant. Okay. Name three medical TV shows. Grey's Anatomy, House... ER Chicago <laughs> Med. Wow. Oh. I wasn't sure if ER was real, so I said four. Yeah. <laughs> is that a show? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah okay. It's like one of the longest running. I think okay. it is. It was the kind of like running. not the original medical show, but I feel wow. like kind of the medical show. The one for your generation, absolutely, and even my generation. Because yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. Good. All right, Nathan. Okay. Name three attributes of your favorite resident. Kind, compassionate, and inquisitive. Nice, nice. I, I, I s- thought you were say hot, honestly. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll just say, let me go home by three. No, well, I think I have like favorite residents for different reasons, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I had to anchor yeah. on one. That's yeah. what I like about this game is like you just don't know where pe- different people yeah. answer the question in different ways. All right, wait, wait Dave, Dave's um, up. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. Wait, we could do you too, Madeline. Okay. What was she well, I wrote yeah, the question, so I have an advantage. Okay, I'll come up with one while you... Okay, so going. Dave, yeah. name three instruments used in the OR. Oh, forceps, retractors, and uh, the thing that goes in your face. Uh, that... Oof. Oh, you might have gotten it right. What's the thing that goes in your face? Mask. Yeah, I feel like you did get it because you didn't actually name it. 
Scalpel, anyone? Scalpel. That would be Scalpel good. goes in your yeah. face. Scalpel. <laughs> Plastic okay, surgery. Okay, man, Madeline, we have one for you. What is Verkhouse Triad? Oh, my God. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> Two, there's three. I saw Mason's fingers um, go I don't up. even remember them, but I have a big, big huss about Verkhouse Triad. <laughs> but first off, he didn't even believe there were three things that were involved with, like, the the thrombosis. But it's mm-hmm. like, what is it? It's endothelial cell damage, yeah. venous stasis, and... Third one. See, Who's I purposely the made these questions not like quiz questions. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, these were non. These were non quiz. I didn't want to get gotcha. some. Some of them are kind of like that, but I didn't want to like. Okay, actually I have a stupid people. one. I have a stupid one for you, Madeline. Okay, name. Th- this is okay. Name three types of ground that you crossed when you were getting to Murph. Okay, so you could do a skywalk, a sidewalk, and carpet. Nice. There you go. <laughs> These were That's like bad. Think about where my brain is in comparison to Nathan's like, brain. I was like this, trying this to figure out like what does she mean? I don't even know what I'm. I don't Swamp even know. forest. <laughs> but I was thinking what like is gravel, my land to it? My like gravel, grass, asphalt. <laughs> okay, Mason. Name three diseases that smoking makes worse. Makes worse asthma, heart disease, peripheral vascular disease. Oh, you. Mm, sorry. What was the third one, though? Peripheral vascular disease. All right. right. Oh, I'm nervous. Okay. Name three things in the hospital cafeteria. Oh, french fries, chicken tenders, yogurt. Nice. (laughs) Sushi. Sushi, yeah, sushi. (laughs) They have... I think the sushi's fair. It could be worse. It could be worse. It's not any worse than, like, most... Iowa sushi. It's Midwestern yeah. sushi. What are you yeah, going to yeah. expect? Yeah, I mean, it's refrigerated. That's a good start. <laughs> honestly, we have refrigerated. The bar is literally like, can you follow health code yeah. <laughs> in the hospital? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Okay, but also like the cap, like other that otherwise the options are so like not health oh promoting. My, I agree. I would say I'm sure. I I go sh- for the sushi when I want something light and not like fried. fried like, yeah. I mean, the chicken tendies are good. They are. The chicken wrong. tendies are good. But no, there's. You're right. There's not. Like, Except for literally yogurt. I actually don't know. Or like a Perfect. terrible, like a salad. Or I could spend $10 at the atrium salad bar. Okay, the, <laughs> except for the atrium salad bar, the salads are literally just like romaine with ranch. Like that's literally yes, all it is. It's, There's, a house, yeah. it's like a house salad. Yeah. Atrium is better. You but you also beans. spend like so $10 on a salad. I haven't been to the atrium yeah. in a long time. Atrium's mm-hmm. good. Atrium's fancy. If you buy something at the atrium, you can get free coffee, but no one is making sure that you're buying anything. <laughs> is that fine? <laughs> okay. No, okay, leave that's it. not making it. No, no, it's fine. And yep. they have free lemon, or sorry, they have <laughs> complimentary lemonade in the summertime. But also, you have to, yeah, you have to buy something, but nobody yeah. checks your receipt. But you can also be a plus one for somebody that's <laughs> buying something. You guys, got it all figured out. Honestly, right? a resident told me about this. Yeah. Same, a doctor told me about this. A physician. Nobody told me about this. Yeah. There I just you go. Okay. It out. Nathan, name three things you do when you're stressed. Uh, sleep, watch Netflix, and eat. Nice. Nice. I didn't even get a chance to start the oh, damn thing. He he definitely Johnny on the seconds. spot. Right? These it's because I like these are my like coping. Yeah. 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 My coping strategies. Mason. Uh, okay. Name three excuses to leave early. My dog threw up, my cat threw up, my turtle threw up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say my wife threw up for your last one. <laughs> no. <laughs> That was good. Oh, was but funny. the classic for medical students is you have a meeting. Don't, yeah, tell, the, don't tell them who it's I with. I have yeah. a Zoom meeting. I yeah. have a meeting at Murph. I have a meeting with my advisor. Research mentor, <laughs> oh, volunteering. Yeah. You can have so many, so many meetings. meetings. 
Yeah. Last week of the rotation, I stopped asking my resident, like, oh, what else can I do for you asking to be let home? I just go, I'm leaving now. Yeah, <laughs> Bye. Bye. For real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Name three specialties that start with O. <gasps> Otolaryngology, ophthalmology, OB-GYN. Nice. nice. Are there other? Ortho. 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 Yeah. There was a fourth. Yeah. Or I was. I would have accepted like oncology. Mm. Yeah. I would have accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Nathan. Madeline, the ultimate arbiter. <laughs> Name three TV doctors. Dr. House, Max Goodwin, and Meredith Gray. Nice. nice. Who's Max Goodwin? From New Amsterdam. Oh. This is like, if you're all about like, you know, we're talking about, about like systemic yeah. change raging in the hospital the system. system. Yeah. Raging against the system, like fighting for yeah. like the betterment of, you know, the human race. Like yeah. New Amsterdam. And like a lot of these things like that the show posits like are plausible. Like, for example, there's like a really good episode on the hospital system, like eating the cost of like housing people and like oh, paying well, for yeah. meals and things like that. And what they're getting at is like housing for, you know, like housing first models where you just like provide people housing, like save so much money. And like, 100%. for example, like in Iowa, in the Iowa City community. Crossroads. Yeah. Cross yeah. Park Park Place. Place. So they had like identified what they called like high users of like public systems. And like, I think the average cost of these people who are experiencing houselessness was like $500,000, like per year on the public system and like for example hospitals will often in air quotes eat the cost or like pay you know for people to like stay and eat etc if they like cannot afford this and so like you know they're like the hospital in the show was like why don't we just like house these people Mm -hmm. right like it Mm -hmm. will cost us significantly less like for example like for somebody to stay on the inpatient psychiatric ward is like two thousand dollars a day like give or take some and these are people who are like not going to be Mm -hmm. paying that money and like oftentimes you know it's like placement issues that are keeping people Mm -hmm. in the hospital yeah if you're like at that intersection of like public health medicine etc i think it's like Mm -hmm. a you know but some people want that like separation and they're like i'm at the hospital enough like i don't want to watch things about a hospital (laughs) which is totally fair which i can understand that i i prefer not I prefer to escape my reality rather than you don't watch shows about podcasts. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, well, I think we need to end uh, this episode. That's Wait, a- I have two more. Okay. Wait, I have one for Madeline. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Name three places to study in the hospital. Ooh, the twelfth floor of the Children's Hospital, atrium, patio, and That's the student oh, lounge. Oh, Sorry, oh, that was a long answer. That question. Was, yeah. Okay, um, wait, and they I have closed a quick... that off. I know we can't Did get you up hear there anymore. The Children's Hospital. Yeah, I have uh, one for Dave. Who are your three favorite student co-hosts? Uh, oh, 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 Name three things that are red in the hospital. Who is this? You. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Top of the like little caps of a thing, you know. And then Classic. stethoscopes and yeah. the little children's hospital paintings. Mm. That was a hard one. Do you have better answers? I've said blood, oh red cross, God, so much and like the biohazard bins. That was way better. Sharps. There's like this thing called like the red cap test. They, they taught us in ophthalmology and it's like one of the like collection tubes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like each tube has different purpose. Exactly. And there is a red tube. Thank you. Thank you. For there you that. go. Mason. Mason, name three things that cut. Scalpels, scissors, and long blades for cutting organs. I was gonna say, you, we tongue. also would accept feedback from <laughs> <laughs> Cut deep, God. Yeah. Well, on that note, that's our show. 
Madeline awesome. and Anya, Nathan, Mason. Thanks for being on the show with me today. Thanks for having Thanks, us. Thanks, Dave. And what kind of sad sack would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcoats, for making us a part of your week? If you're new here and you like what you heard today, follow the show wherever fine podcasts are available. Our editors are Maddie Walleen and Nick Lind. The show is made possible by a generous nation by Carver College Medicine Student Government and ongoing sports from the Writing and Humanities program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Etler saying don't let the bastards get you down. Talk to you in one week. Hi, short coats. Look, life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult. And I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need. And so I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some resources that you can use. But the bottom line is that for what it's worth, I see you. I know you're out there. I wish I could do more. Maybe I can in ways that I don't understand yet or know about. But I see you and I'm glad you're here and other people are too. 